0: Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. So today's podcast, we're really excited to have Lindsay Metzalar, who is the host of We Met at Acme. Uh, I've personally been following her uh, podcast and account for a while. She has really great dating advice, dating tips, super fun polls in her stories. And her whole Instagram feed is filled with all of these four tip videos on every topic related to dating that you can possibly think about. So, um, as people are getting through divorce, we know it's happening at all ages and getting back out there and looking for someone new and dating is obviously a huge part of like the next phase after divorce. So, um, It was perfect to have Lindsay come
1: on, and thank you, Lindsay, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you ladies and um, talk all things dating. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, let's start off with, for anyone who's not following you yet and doesn't know kind of like the history, can you tell us a little bit about like, where were you working before and what was kind of going on in your life?
1: Definitely. So before I started my podcast, I was doing social media management for brands, um, which was great, but a bit unfulfilling and something that I always came back to was like dating, being kind of the dating person out of my friends to guide all of them, to text for them. And I just found myself so like obsessed with dating. I felt like kind of Carrie Bradshaw energy about it. Like I was always like asking questions, like starting conversations around dating at dinners and things like that. And when I found myself totally dumped, like out of the blue on my 27th birthday, I was like, clearly I have a lot more to learn than <laughs> I realize. And that's when I started We Met at Acme.
0: And you had said that the initial conversation was just like a random
1: recorded conversation with a guy friend of yours totally random to the point that I'm embarrassed that it's still up because <laughs> it so unfiltered. Like we were talking about things. I named names of people. Like <laughs> that's how much I didn't think that anyone was going to listen.
0: And then what happened that made you realize that the podcast was like really resonating with people?
1: It was actually, um, to continue the naming thing when I got a call from someone whose name I had mentioned and they were like, I can't believe you talked about me on your podcast. And my first thought was, I can't believe you listened to my podcast. (laughs) I'm so glad you listened. (laughs) Right. I was so flattered, probably not the best response, but I was just so shocked that people were listening. And that's when I realized that, wow, if you put something out there, people might actually listen to it. How long have you been doing it now? Almost four years. It'll be four years in October, which is mind blowing because it feels like podcasts are still so new, but I guess they're not. Well, also, it
2: just goes to show how much there still is to talk about with dating for four years and all of your posts and all of your interviews. I mean, it's awesome. And I have to confess, I thought we met at Acme. It was the supermarket Acme. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. They like met over avocados or something. I mean, uh-huh. do you ever
1: hear that? Cause not I everybody's from time. New York. Right. I hear that all the time. And I say, Acme is whatever you want it to be. That's what's fun, right? It can be the supermarket. It can be a club. It can be a bar. It can be the cartoon network. Like whatever <laughs> you want it to be, you meet at Acme.
2: So you didn't actually meet someone at Acme. You just used that as like, you know, as your name and the image and stuff like that.
1: I did. I, so I actually have met people at Acme, but nobody to like write home about more. So just like people, you know, on nights out and things like that. And I just felt that it symbolized like what the podcast is about. So just like meeting, um, like we met at, because everyone's first question when they see a couple is like, oh, how did you guys meet? Right. Everyone is just so curious. What's your best meet story? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I had a good, I have a good story with my partner now, um, but I will say there, so somebody that I didn't end up dating, I met um, at Acme actually, and um, we were I was, I'm sober now, but at the time I was so drunk and I was out and, you know, whatever. And I lost my friend that I got, that I went there with to the, to the bar. And I was like, I need to find her. Like, how do I find her in here? You know, it's packed to the brim. And so I went up to the tallest guy in the room <laughs> and I said, put me on your shoulders. I need to find my friend. And I did I, I he he literally just put me on his shoulders like no questions asked and I found her and apparently gave him my number which I don't remember. <laughs> and then the next morning I woke up and to a text that was like hey you were on my shoulders last night. <laughs> You're
2: like I think
0: Wait, that's, so,
2: that's pretty that um, is that's a good tough. story. Yeah. It, like and that it would it be really
0: fun to be able to tell that moving forward, you know, if that was like actually your meeting story.
1: It was a good story. He's a friend now so like it's a friend story now. Um, But really funny, my, my story with my, my partner now is we met, we had kind of known each other. He went to high school with one of my best friends from college. So we knew each other's name and we literally happened to stumble onto the dance floor at the same time at a new year's Eve party in Miami, which neither of us lived there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that's like, you know, kind of cute that of the thousands of people that were at a new year's Eve party that we stumbled right there at the same time
2: do you believe in the universe at all as far as finding someone?
1: I really, really do. But I hate when people say like, oh, you know, my person will come to me and they do absolutely nothing in their life, like barely even leave their house. You have to put yourself, it's like, it's like 50-50. Like you have to lean in 50% and then the universe leans in 50%. Like you can't just like be like, oh, they're just going to, you know, bust down my door and like, they'll be the person delivering my package. Like, no.
2: <laughs> I totally, totally agree with that. I was like on a tear with dating mm-hmm.
1: and then I decided
2: I had to stop because I was getting caught up in someone I knew for like three days. I mean, it was right. just ridiculous. And um, so I, I blew off this guy and then I saw him at the vet to picking up my dog and he walked in. He's like, how was your trip? And meanwhile, i moving in with him. And it's three years later. And it was it <laughs> really was cute. it was That's the universe. Really but I was totally putting myself out there. And then I was like, this is out of control. And then we show up at the bed. I'm like, he he is like really. Cute. I love the universe was listening.
0: (laughs) 100%. I should give it a shot. (laughs) Really. So, where does all of your dating advice come from? Is it like mostly your own experiences? Is it you
1: crowdsourcing to get popular opinion, combination, Mm. something else? A combination. I think because, you know, as I mentioned before, I realized like at 27, I had so much to learn. Once I started doing the podcast and interviewing, people of all walks of life, you know, experts, professionals. I really learned through my interviews with Mm -hmm. these people so much Mm -hmm. amazing, like invaluable information about dating that has helped them um, or that they have taught. And like in turn, just I've taught myself that. And so it's really that it's also like my mom is amazing um, at giving advice when it comes to dating and even though it's a different generation, like I really resonate with all of her advice. And so, you know, I had that, I had the interviews and kind of just like a mix, like, you know, therapy, all of that tied into one.
2: So who is the most interesting interview you ever had?
1: It's a really great question. And it's so hard. It's like choosing a favorite child. It really is. Um, (laughs) It's
2: not so hard, by the way. <laughs> I could tell
1: you who my favorite kid is today. Tomorrow that's morning. really funny. Oh my God. Let's, they, they need to not know that. Um, they but, know. <laughs> see, that's why we're all in therapy. Um, but I have learned a lot in, from so many different interviews. The one recently that I learned the most from was this woman, Emily Morse. She does a podcast called Sex with Emily and she was just
0: like last week, wasn't it?
1: Exactly. We just recorded it. It hasn't even aired yet. Um, And I just learned so much about sex and the female orgasm. And I had talked about this subject before, and I'm very lucky, knock on wood, that I am able to have an orgasm from sex, but so many women are not. And so we really dived into that hard and just like talked about, you know, how to make, how, how to fix that and how to change that. And so I got a lot out of that. And I think our listeners will get a lot of that. But um, You are
0: changing yeah. people's lives with that podcast.
1: <laughs> I hope so. I'm like so excited to air that. I wish we didn't have a backlog because I'm like, all I want to do is teach women how to orgasm before the summer <laughs> begins. Um,
2: totally. I keep pushing that for... For us, for ex-experts, I'm like, listen, you're divorced or getting divorced. You probably haven't had sex for years before you're actually separated. Right. And you only had sex with that guy. Right. For exactly. however many years. Like, you need a full revamping mm-hmm. and, totally. and figure your shit out before totally. you get out there and go find somebody
0: else. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all yeah. about that. You, you mentioned that you resonate with your mom. She has such great advice and stuff. And you have, for people who don't know, you have like rules that you adhere to and that you suggest that other people adhere to. And I know that there's like, some people are like, well, really? Like, isn't that old fashioned? Mm. So do you feel like some of that comes from conversations with your mom? And, and also like, just tell us about your rules and like what some of the biggest ones are so people know what we're talking
1: about. It definitely comes from conversations with my mom. It also comes from me kind of trial and erroring, like every kind of way to do something and that really working. I also did an episode with one of the writers of the book, The Rules, and that one also like, you know, it's outdated, it's from 1995, but it also applies in so many ways still today. My rules are really simple, just like don't have sex with them on the first date. no more than two drinks on the first few dates because nobody likes someone who's sloppy. Um, Don't text them thank you after the date because you already thanked them on the date and like let them come to you, you know? Um, And I think really that, oh, and just like, don't initiate plans with them until you're official but like you could talk, just don't like-, so, you're like talk, well, so
2: just to be clear, this is a woman with a man. So a woman with a man in a hetero
1: and situation.
0: The exactly.
2: right, okay. Exactly. okay.
0: Do you feel like your rules apply to same-sex
1: couples? Mm, not so much. I really don't think they do. I think maybe more for gay couples than lesbian couples. And the reason I say that is because we have like all kinds of listeners and- In, as far as I know, in like, in a gay relationship, um, one person acts like more of like the pursuer and the other one is like pursued. Um, And so like for that, they could follow the rules. Whereas in a lesbian couple, it's more like we're both like equal. um, And so then it's harder to figure out. But I will say like, for example, I think that in a hetero situation, the man should always pay. I think that in a same sex situation, um the person who asked for the date should always pay
0: okay and but then but then if they like start dating then do you feel like it's sort of a back and forth i mean i feel like with dating one of my i agree with you i think the guy should always pay mm-hmm. but I, I you know i'm 49 and in a, you know my stage of life and i also feel like there are guys in like my age range who feel like Women should at least offer to pay. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of use that as like I'll do
1: the reach for the wallet. And, oh, always, and reach. I actually, always right. Reach. And I'm I slow. and I, but if
0: but if, <laughs> the, but if I actually end up paying, then I'm like, yeah, we're done.
1: No, However, you definitely need to reach.
0: But but I do feel like there are so many guys out there that are more like when they're older who feel mm-hmm. like. I'm not interested in a woman who just wants me for my money, which I think is a little bit of a different situation than you know someone who's kind of like in their 20s and isn't really established as someone who's 50 and like you kind of have an idea of sort of where they're coming from financially. Mm. So uh, but I really am torn about like when is it when do
1: you feel like it's okay that you reach and they let you pay? I think when you're official or like at least more than 7 dates in. More than 7.
2: So you need seven dates in to be official?
1: No, she's just saying, no, 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 you can no. Pay the first seven dates. Okay, exactly. Like they need to be courting you. It's if you, if you, like if you own like a Fortune 500 company, then like obviously, like you can pay. You know, like if you know there's right. a clear divide. If they're like in med school for some reason and they're not like having an income at the time, like there are always exceptions. Mm-hmm. But if you're dating as you know, someone who's 49, you're most likely dating people who are established in this world. So they should take care of you. Like, yes. and if they don't, then why would you want to date them anyway? Although you know? there, there because, was,
0: yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, there, when I first got out of my second relationship, um, I was really surprised. I just was like, I just want to like laugh and have fun and like, you know, mm-hmm. go on dates where it's like an easy flow and I don't have to stress about it. And I was really surprised that like a number of the guys that I was meeting were like really looking for serious relationships. And I was kind of like that, that it, it's so contrary to what I would have thought. I would have thought these guys would be like, it's so refreshing to meet a woman who like is not looking to settle down right now. And who just is like easygoing and kind of just wants to date and have fun and like, you know, wants her own time with, you know, her kids and whatever. So I right. was my therapist. I'm like, it's sort of stressing me out. Like, I feel like I go on two dates with these guys and they're like, I don't want you dating anyone else. And I'm like, oh my God, like relax. Lord, that's crazy. So she so she was like, you should start dating younger guys. And I was like, I don't know. What am I going to do with the younger guys? So I changed mm-hmm. my profile on the one weekend. And all of a sudden I was like inundated with all of these like young 30 ish, something guys and I did end up going out with a couple of them and then I was torn they did pay but I was torn when I was going out I was like oh my god I don't know like so much older than them like should I be paying but then I'm like you know what I'm not their fucking mother so I'm not going to but I felt like the age gap to some extent was like a factor
1: definitely I mean an age gap it's like it's so dependent on like maturity levels I feel like because like you could date younger And be on the same level, like you have like this youthful spirit, and they have like this old soul. But like, for the most part, I feel like the ideal situation is like having this being the same age. Mm -hmm. Um, Agree. The the person that you're moving in with, are they the same age as you? Yeah, he's just a
2: few years. Yes, age appropriate. Age appropriate, but also our kids are like kind of in sync, which makes it all work. Like. We could be the same age. If I had a kid under the age of 10, this was never going to work out. My kids are in college and away in boarding school. His kids are already grown and out of school. So we can live that life. I think that I know for me, I wouldn't have dated someone with young kids. Like I'm just, I'm I'm not going back there. I'm done. (laughs) No, no,
1: I totally get that. My uncle is single and he has a 14 year old and he like would not ever date someone with a kid younger than 14. Jessica, do you have kids?
0: I do. I have a 17 year old son. He's a senior. uh, And I have a daughter who's a freshman. She's turning 15 Mm -hmm. tomorrow. And I'm dating someone totally age appropriate. And his kids are 10 and 12. And I was first Mm -hmm. like, ah, that's young. Like they, he's like hands on. Like my kids, Mm -hmm. I live in the city. My kids are like out and about. I don't even know where they are half the time. So it's like they're so independent there is definitely a difference in that with age. But I will say, and I'm curious to what, as to what your thoughts are about this in terms of like just, you know, dating advice. But like for, I know for both Th and I, when we started dating, like someone that has kids was a requirement because right. someone who doesn't have kids, you just don't, you can't understand all the shit that we have to deal with. And so that was definitely part of it. So I'm curious what your thoughts are with people who are younger haven't been divorced who mm. meet someone who's divorced so as the divorced person you meet someone who's single never been married has no kids what do you think about that
1: I think I mean I'm not in the situation but like I would imagine that you're right in that like you you have to relate to one another I but I, I think it's ironic because a lot of men who have kids don't want to date women who have kids because they don't want any more kids if that makes any sense right and and they would like they're they have this fear that like if they date like a younger woman she's gonna want kids exactly um and also
2: she's gonna want him to support her kids like what if you don't know what that ex situation is like if I were the guy I'm not looking to support more than my own kid
1: right exactly so it's, it's tough. I think, I think you're right. Like you want to be able to relate to each other, whether that means like you both have kids or you both grew up in, I don't know. the Jersey. <laughs> Whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like the rules that you have would be applicable and the same for someone who's been divorced? Do you think there are certain things that should be different?
1: I think that inevitably it becomes different as you get older, there's more like at stake and like you're less like game, like you care less about games and it's like more straightforward, like less bullshit. And so I think like conversations that I probably wouldn't bring up until like the seventh date, like you should be talking about earlier. Like what? Um, Like what someone's really looking for, um, like where someone sees themselves in like the next five years. But again, like I'm the kind of person that like, I'm not afraid to have these conversations on the first, second or third date, but a lot of people are. Um, Like if you wanna have more kids, if you're done having kids, where you wanna live, like when you wanna retire, like those are conversations (laughs) I feel like that happen sooner when you're divorced as opposed to like just meeting someone for the first time.
2: I think it also depends because if you're just separated, like in my mind, I was, I was divorced the minute. I separated, even though I didn't have the seal,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I was, uh, I was on a tear. I, I wasn't talking about retirement and other stuff. I just wanted to go out and party and have fun and like feel pretty and all of that other stuff. I think if someone started asking me those questions, I might be like, Whoa. I didn't even like do anything. So I think it's also a matter of where you are in the path. But I do agree that, that if there are things on your mind that are important to you, get it out there early so you don't waste your time. Like right. you don't get caught up in somebody. Yeah, be more of like path. the
0: post-divorce mentality where you're like a little bit on a, you don't, you're not for a lot of people. Your biological clock isn't necessarily ticking anymore. Like this shop is right, closed. I'm not fucking having right. kids anymore. So I don't care about that. But there is, you're on a clock in terms of like, d- are you wasting your time or not? Like, you know what you're looking for when we're out on a tear, it's like, right. we're not looking for anything, right. you know, right. significant. But then when you decide, like, you're interested in meeting, you know, a partner, then it's like, yeah, let's like, you know, ask those questions now. And just, are we even right. somewhat Anywhere on near each.
2: Right.
0: Um, right. So what do you think about
2: when you're, when you're going online, like we were talking about filters and stuff, like my filters were, you must have kids and you can't have a cat. (laughs) I love that. Those were deal breakers for me. Mm -hmm. I am not a cat person. I am allergic, but I have to be honest. That's not even why they scare the shit out of me. They're scary. So like, what do you think about that? Like over filtering or, you know, like. What if he has like long toenails when he takes off his shoes? And what if he's got a rug a on ground? Like I wish you could do? filter
1: with like based on toenails. Um, <laughs> but I, I really think that you should filter as much as you want. Like that's why you should pay for extra features on apps because like you deserve, especially if you're looking for someone on a dating app, like you deserve what you want we have the technology to find exactly what we want. So why not take advantage of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, that doesn't mean that you should be closed-minded to someone who like is, you know, one thing that you don't want. Um, But like, why not use the tools and the resources that we have? Like, that's what they're there for, you know? But don't you
0: feel like some people are are in fact really closed-minded and way too picky? I agree with you. Like everyone deserves to have what they want, but Mm. I definitely have some girlfriends some have been divorced, some never been married, who are so specific and, dare I say, judgmental about mm. who they're willing to meet off of an app. I'm, I'm curious, you know, like your position. I mean, I feel like I would go on and I would be willing to meet someone, even if I thought their pictures were like, eh, because I think there's a lot of times people look better in person than they do on the app. But I know that there are girls who are like, oh, he doesn't have blue eyes, forget it. Or, you know, he's not, he, I, I, five I
1: won't nine. go below
0: 5'9", and right. he says he's 5'8", so forget right.
1: it. I hate that, um, I really do. I hate that people think, like are that picky, especially mm-hmm. women, like I'm doing matchmaking now, and I can't tell you how many women who are like five, one write in and they're like, must be over six feet. I'm like, girl. Like, how are, are you, you gonna make different? that work? Like, you need <laughs> to stop. And so, I hate that. I mean, supermodels date guys who are shorter than mm-hmm. them. Like, why are you any different? I really think that that is what holds so many people back. But I think that's kind of like the problem with apps because if you met someone in person that was like five eight that you vibed with, like, you would be down. But I think like when you have so many options on the apps like you get cocky about like, oh, I'm, I don't wanna see anyone under six feet. Like right. don't even show me anyone
2: under six feet, you know? <laughs> and I'm then you're sure like, my that? Prince Charming? yeah I, no. I definitely did that. And the guy who I'm with is like five, <laughs> nine. And so that's why I'm maybe because like my superficial filters, like weren't all being satisfied me while he lives right. like half a mile from my house. It took him to show up at the vet for me to be like, he's pretty hot. I should definitely give it a chance. Like, like all my filters literally went out the window the minute I saw him in person. So I would, I would definitely say to people, don't limit yourself, but definitely stick to the things that you just can't have in your life, like long toenails and cats. So
1: then what are the acceptable filters? I think the acceptable filters are things that are do you, like our needs for you versus wants. Like my therapist, when I was single was like, make a list of things that you are like, are non-negotiables versus things that you actually want. And the things that you want don't really matter. It's only the things that you need. So like, if you need someone who is like Catholic, then sure throw that in there, right? Uh-huh. But like, you don't need someone that's over 5'10". Like you right. don't need someone that's British, like be real, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so ridiculous
0: so back to dating divorce that kind of thing um because I, I think that this is a question that goes to whether or not you're divorced or or you know dating thing. I know I've seen some of the polls about it should you be friends with your ex
1: no such a quick answer I honestly don't think there's any reason to be friends with your ex unless there's like some other attachment like they were like your family friend first or you have a kid together like other than that like there's no it's sad it sucks like it's like really losing a friend in so many ways but like there's no reason there's just no reason it's not going to help you in your next relationship you have to close the door what do you guys think
0: I I think well I, I I do think it's different when you've been married Um, because especially if you did have kids and like, then you do have like this lifelong connection with this person and you have to at least be able to have types of conversations with them. If you're dealing, you know, with the kids and stuff like that, I am friends with both of my exes and, and like legit, like we talk and like I can hang out with them. Um, and, and I'll tell you something really interesting. I actually learned the first time that someone who isn't okay with that about me, mm. I, 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 can't do that. I, someone has to understand that like the way that people get out of divorces is totally different. And some people are going to be friends with their exes and some people aren't. And I happen to be fairly close with mine and that's the way that it is. And that's the way that it's going to stay. So if that's uncomfortable for somebody else, then I can't be with that person. I, I, I've learned that that through my own experiences that that's actually like, I would have to give up the new person in exchange for the old person. And not because there's any part of me that still wants a relationship with him, but it makes my life easier. It makes my kids more comfortable. It makes us all be able to hang out. Tomorrow night's my daughter's birthday. We're all going out to dinner together with his new girlfriend. Like Mm -hmm. that's the life that I need in like, it alleviates the stress in my life. And I can't deal with that kind of negativity So I, it's not that I believe it's a rule that you should be friends with your ex, but I personally think that there can be a major upside to being friends
1: with your ex post-divorce,
0: but I think that TH has a different opinion.
1: But I, so before TH shares, I just want to say like that makes complete sense to me. And like, as I, I kind of did like an addendum before, like You need to be friends with your ex if you have kids together. Yes. Or like, you don't need to, it's better to have a good relationship with them. Right. Right. If you have kids together, it's a totally different story. I'm talking about like dating someone for two years, they're your boyfriend. Like you don't need that person in your life anymore. Like you have nothing tying you to that person, but a hundred percent interested to what you have to say Th. So uh,
2: Jessica, back to you for a second. You're not friends with your ex-boyfriend though anymore you're only I'm not your that's
0: true my my ex-husband's so, that's right. true
2: but but, but
0: but i don't have any kids with leo i know I, and i and, and, and it's, it's still really really right. really recent right. but i foresee that we will continue to be friends for the long term because because he was a part of the family with the kids even though he's not their dad and right. i actually think there are a lot of like redeeming qualities about him and I think he's a value add in all of our lives like we there are things that we really love and appreciate about him that um so that maybe that's extenuating circumstances but it's true ex-boyfriends not so much
2: so after my separation I had a two-year two-year relationship and then a six-year relationship and my kids were young at the time so during that time there was parenting time like I was in a relationship on Wednesdays and every other weekend and all the other times I was mom. And so everything was very like in their place. So I do not speak to him. I I don't really feel bad about it. And I almost feel bad that I don't feel bad because it was such a long time, but I don't, I, I don't think about it at all. I do miss his family because I really adored his parents. And, and so, you know, and, and I don't wish anything bad, but no relationship, no communication at all. I actually just saw him and I was driving past him. He was in the car and I was like, maybe he didn't see me. I got my sunglasses on. I'm in a new car and I like zip by. He tears around the corner, wailing on the horn. Hi. And I was like, hey, turn right out. Like I just <laughs> he literally ran away. Didn't want to know about it. So no i'm i'm not into it there's a reason they're an x and yeah
1: i hear you i think both of you make really good points i have to ask because i'm so curious because i'm into astrology when are your birthdays i'm february 11th
0: i'm an aquarius okay
1: and i'm a taurus and he's a cancer
0: what's my best matching sign
1: as an aquarius woman um you could do well with a Libra man, a Gemini man, um, an Aries man, a Capricorn.
0: What's, um, what's January? you stay away
1: from? <laughs> <laughs> January, end of January or beginning?
2: Oh, Jessica.
1: <laughs> More the end than the beginning. That's Aquarius and it's a good
0: match. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's not, it, it's whatever is before Aquarius.
1: Oh, that's a Capricorn, which I mentioned. Oh,
0: oh okay. Okay. I, I don't know nearly as much as you do about astrology, but uh-huh. Lindsay's always posting about like, you know, the I Mercury am. and retrograde uh-huh. and how is it affecting your energy? And um, so I know you
1: believe a lot in. And that's the guy that you're seeing now. Yes. And TH, what about your person you're seeing now? I'm a Taurus and he's yeah. a Cancer. Oh, I thought you were saying the X was a cancer. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we love a cancer man. No, this is my guy. This is, uh-huh. this is my guy. I would
2: never be making all these moves and, and changing my life like yeah. I have. I mean, it's been almost 16 years since I've lived with someone. So it's it's a big step, but it just, it feels different and really mm-hmm. right. So that's why it feels good. I love that.
0: Yeah that just made me think about like the, the polls and stuff that mm-hmm. you have, which I love doing. Um, what's the biggest surprise answer you've gotten from one of the poll questions in your stories
1: mm. or some of the most surprising que- answers? I am always surprised by so <laughs> many of the answers, um, but we have like a highlight about the closest polls and one of them, and this is interesting, I'd I'd love to hear your take is, would you rather cheat or be cheated on? And that one has been like heavily dissected. Um well, what was it? What would, how did it? It, it was 50, 50. It was literally 50, 50. It was literally 50, 50. So everybody- Could you see if it a was different. a man
2: or a woman
1: within the 50, 50? You could, but it's too much work. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's- but Having
0: been cheated on. Mm-hmm. Yeah both of us. I, I still would say, I know this is going to sound maybe crazy. I still would say that I'd rather be cheated on because I just, I I can't, I I wouldn't be the person that's going to cheat. Mm -hmm. Knowing what I know about like being the cheated on person, the idea of doing that to someone else. I just don't, I just don't think I have it in me.
1: Well, I think that is like the ignorance is bliss article. Sorry, Mm -hmm. argument. Um, Because it's like, you didn't know that there was a problem until you knew that there was a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the the cheater carries like the guilt in that situation. Uh, Like potentially they cheated because they were unhappy. I don't know. And so like, at least you weren't the one that was like unhappy or had an issue and now has guilt, you know?
2: And you're yes. not the one when people talk about it, when they talk you're about not the at it. Mars, it's not like he cheated, she cheated. Like right. nobody cares about all the other stuff that went into it and behind closed doors, all the shit that
0: was
1: going on. Totally. Just,
0: he cheated. That's right. But- that's right. The marriage could have been over for two years, but he cheated. And that's right. what everyone's Right. She could have been abusive and horrible
2: or whatever. Nobody cares because he cheated.
1: But I'm going to throw a plot twist in here, which is that mm-hmm. I would rather have, Been the cheater because you control the situation, right? No, um, maybe. I think for me, the way that I think about this is I compare it to like, would you rather break up with someone or be broken up with? I would rather break up with someone, exactly. And having been on both ends, I would rather break up with someone. And so, to me, it feels like the pain of having to get over someone cheating on me is worse than the pain of having to get over the fact that I cheated on someone. I'm not sure. Like that's the thing. Sure. Yeah, it is. That's why it's such a yeah. because it's like I've never been in this situation. I've been cheated on, obviously, but not in like a marriage situation, in like a boyfriend girlfriend situation. Um, and it sucks regardless. But I don't know. Part of me is like I would rather cheat, also because I know I wouldn't. You know. So it's like I yeah. Feel but like I've I never also wonder situation. if
0: part of that is like I really do think to some extent it depends on like how much you actually like your partner. So I know that part of the mm. reason why I was able to have such an amicable first divorce and the reason that we're close today is because he was so remorseful yeah. about the fact that he had cheated. He was not arrogant and he was not a dick about it. I mean, he was a dick that he did it, but like he, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't like well, too fucking bad. Like He's I was responsibility. over this. He was hundred percent from the very yeah. beginning and was so, he was so devastated that that's what he had done. Mm. that like that actually helped me to be able to get through with the way that I did. But I think that the way that if you are the cheater, the way to be able to get through the guilt or any of that is if you don't really care, if you've gotten to a point in your relationship where you just want out and you don't give a shit, I don't think it's going to sit with you that long. And I think that you may have a lot less guilt about it. But if you made a mistake I, I I can't even rationalize it but like if it's someone that you really care about and then that's what you did to them then I think that that guilt's going to sit with you a lot longer and it's going to be a lot harder to get unless, over. As unless
2: you really don't care like my, no I'm saying right honestly, if you don't care
0: zero remorse mm-hmm. for all the
2: collateral damage that he caused mm-hmm. he, he literally feels totally fine because yes, he doesn't, right. he still to this day, doesn't take responsibility. It's actually, it was actually my fault. So right, he's able to live with himself just fine. So it depends on who it is. It, right. it can be complicated. But when you first ask the question, the first thing that came to my mind, which makes me feel a little weird, is that I would rather be the cheater knowing what I went through as being cheated on. And I was thrilled to get out of my marriage i wasn't thrilled right. for the kids i wasn't thrilled for right. my my family and all the shit that went with it but i was like hallelujah i am out right and i feel like he put it together totally subconsciously because he's but um it was an it was an easy way out for him of the marriage right. like, it was harder for him to say i want a divorce than to go and right, do right like well he did, that's to that extent but Lindsay, mm-hmm. don't you
0: think that that's actually what anyone who cheats is really kind of saying? Right. Like that's yeah, the right. way, that's like they're I trying to get out of it. Not, Not necessarily. Not necessarily,
1: which is, which is like, by the way, I would never take back someone who cheated, but Esther Perel, who's like a genius and talks about this all the time, talks about like how cheating can bring you closer and like some people cheat because they're like, you know, because there's something missing and then you fix the something missing. By the way, I'm with you guys. Like I see you rolling your eyes. Like I I am not forgiving a cheater. But there are these weird instances when like it does bring you closer. Again, not for me, but I've heard this. So here's a question.
0: Would you date someone who admits to you that in a prior relationship that was already going sour, that they cheated in that relationship? Would that affect whether or not you would date them?
1: One hundred percent, and I've been in that situation, um, and it led to a lot of trust issues for me. I just yeah. I think that's very cowardly. Like I think if you're in a situation that's going badly, like fucking man up. Sorry for I Kirsten. know but then, <laughs> we don't, but you know, like man they, up. Wait, break up so, with me. Like it's so interesting
0: that you're saying that because that's of course the expression man up. What don't you? believe that there's so much more of a stigma against women that cheat versus men that cheat
1: totally women yeah, that cheat are disgusting like yeah quote unquote they're right? a slut
2: they're, they just they just land like in their the family. women it. yeah
0: yeah right she
1: right. must not have been
0: like blowing him enough or they were right weren't exactly exactly. Okay. exactly but women She's who crazy. cheat are disgusting and that's like, a whole
2: other conversation about records. how it's not fair with uh-huh. versus men in right. dating. Yeah. But, so I have a question for you. Do you think that people around your age who are getting divorced, that divorce is as scandalous as maybe it was for, like when Jessica and I got separated, our whole situations were scandalous anyway. They could be a soap opera but but just the idea of getting a divorce was like
1: oh, oh my out. god like do you think that yeah. still
2: applies today
1: I think it's still like because I think people love to shit talk and like love to see relationships yeah. break up because people yeah. suck and people love <laughs> to like watch people fail and that will never change yeah but I don't think that it's like you're like this like is, is Baron is like divorced, a scarlet letter okay. it's like a but, like a but yeah you're like this like oh my god like you, you don't you don't have a scarlet letter if you're divorced like I know so many people that have gotten divorced and remarried like like this and it's just not that like oh my god did you know she was divorced so you think funny?
0: there's less of a stigma today
1: I do but I just got a dm like on instagram the other day from a girl who was like you found out the guy you're dating was divorced. Red flag or deal breaker. And I did not entertain it. I was like, wait, neither. What? Like human, human. Right. Uh, I That's just, so I thought that was so weird. stupid. I it was is. like, what? I'm not like putting this poll question up because neither, like green flag. He okay. knew that something wasn't <laughs> working. So
0: <laughs> what, if, what if they've been married more than once? I literally, like when I was, starting to get ready to start dating again last fall. I'm like, I'm like Ross Geller from friends. I'm like, I, I, I am going to have a SCART letter on me. Like everyone's going to be like, oh my God, what's wrong with her? You know, she must be really high maintenance, whatever. And I'll tell you, like it literally has not affected or phased even one guy that I've spoken with. Yeah. But I was shocked by that.
1: I'll say if you were divorced three times, Okay, which is why three I'm not getting married more. That could be a problem. It <laughs> doesn't more. seem to be hurting J Well, J-Lo. So That's very different. <laughs> like celebrities have to be divorced three times, otherwise they're not considered celebrities. <laughs> but like, I feel like for like a normal woman, man, yeah, three plus is where it gets creepy. Two is like, you know what? You believe in love, and you tried, and like, you know, you're fine. But I think over three, like that's, that's rough.
0: What, what ages are you seeing now people starting to get divorced? I mean, are you seeing it? You said before that you weren't seeing it within your own like, friends group, but you but you were saying that yeah. you could, but you could tell who's going to end up divorced. Yes, exactly. What do you so, think the telltale signs are?
1: Um, I think like a wedding where no one makes like a positive speech about these people is just like so oh. obvious.
2: Oh my God. That's awful. Like, it's depressing. You'd be so
1: surprised <laughs> because this has happened at two different weddings and they both got divorced.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and, and then I think also just like, you know, the couples that break up and get back together and you're just like, what are you doing? Just like, stop. But then mm-hmm. they like fix the problem by getting married. Like those people are right. getting divorced. What about, do you feel like
0: sometimes with couples, just like the dynamic between the two of them, you're like, yeah, it's not going to work out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think...
0: What should people be looking for within their own
1: relationships, do you think, that are like potential red flags? For me, and again, like I have not been married, so please like don't take this too strongly. Um, But for me, I'm an extrovert and I could not be with an introvert. And the extrovert introvert pairing never really works out to me. Like when I see a couple who like the guy wants to stay home and just like hang out on the couch and not like be social and the girl like is a social butterfly. I'm like, good luck with your future divorce because it is for sure happening. We should have spoken Um, to Lindsay five years ago, Jess. That was literally (laughs) my second marriage. (laughs) But Like it just, I just totally incompatible. That sucks for you. Or like one person is really warm and the other doesn't like match that warmth, Like, just like that kind of stuff, and then um, also, and this one's very controversial. So, like, he I love controversial. Hate to bring it up close to the end because <laughs> we can now talk about this forever. But like, when it's not that I don't think that the woman can be the um, the breadwinner because I, I do, right? But when the man feels inferior because mm. the woman is, yes, like that, also tends to crumble in my opinion
0: what do you think about when it's like okay that, that's she's not the breadwinner but for some reason like he's always thinking that he is the one who pays for everything
1: even in a marriage. that's also that's also horrible it's it's <laughs> like there are so many my mom and my boyfriend's mom like they are they don't work and like they but that that was a conscious choice that they made to like leave their careers to be a full time mom, and that like my dad and his dad were like, let's consciously agree to do this. And so, in that case, like, you know, like obviously we're spending money and it's technically the man's money, but they never hold that over the other person's head mm-hmm. ever. You can't. And that is a like, that is an agreement, right? Right when you, like, as you said, Jessica, like when the man reminds you, like, this is my, like this lifestyle is because of me, but they asked you to quit your job and be a mom. Like that is not going to work either. Yeah. Um, there has to be an agreement that it's your, like, it's our money mm-hmm. because right. like I am putting in the work with raising the kids and all that shit, which is just as important as you going to work. You right. Know? Totally. So
2: I have a wrap up question for you. Mm -hmm. Looking back on your relationships, good, bad, and ugly, what is, what do you wish you knew? Like we, we are paying it forward as real life experts in divorce. Mm. Um, You know, what I wish I knew, I have like a list of things that I knew I wish I knew Mm.
1: that we can then
2: tell people, what are the things you wish you knew?
1: So I gave you a different answer on email that I'm going to give you now. What I said was like, I like, if you're confused, they're not interested. I'm actually going to even get a little deeper here. What I wish I knew is that you have to want to be like your partner and just like, hear me out for a second. You can't just like your partner and love your partner. You also have to want to be like them because you spend so much time with this person that you end up taking qualities that they have and vice versa if you don't admire them, respect them and want to be like them in some way or another, I don't mean like look up to them, but Mm -hmm. like want to have qualities that they have. And like, if you don't immediately agree with the fact that you want to be like them, then I think that's a huge, huge red flag. And it's something I wish I had thought of because I didn't want to be like any of my exes. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I want to be my exact partner now, but I, he has so many qualities that if I picked up, I would be okay with, you know? I think that is such a great
0: thing. It's so true. It's so true, you really, because I I feel like there are a lot of people and they'll be with someone and they will like them, they will love them, they'll respect them. But I feel like you have to admire them and you have to kind of like want some of them to rub off on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really Mm -hmm. good. That's really good. I think
2: he's definitely rubbed off on me. I drive a quad now.
0: I, I got exactly. tools
2: in the back seat.
0: There totally, you go. totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, I do wanna ask one more thing though, just with regards to dating for people mm-hmm. who are listening, Like, what do you think are the best dating apps and do you think it matters versus age?
1: I think Hinge is from what like I've heard and experienced, the best dating app. I don't think age matters. I think everyone from any age is on every app. My computer's time That's okay. Um,
0: and for w- whether divorced or not, although we were saying we should create like a divorce dating app, because there are people who like legit get divorced and only want to date other people who've been divorced, who kind of like been down that
1: road. You should absolutely create that
2: app. We're going to cut this part
0: out so that we
1: can do it. You you steal our idea. <laughs> right, right.
0: Anyway, well, this is really a great conversation. So much fun, so informative. Um, all of Lindsay's information will be on our website at xexperts.com. You should definitely go follow her on Instagram and listen to her podcast. Her stuff is amazing and you will learn so much. And we just really appreciate you taking the time to
1: be with us. Thank you guys. This was such a great conversation. Thank you so, so much. excited to make everyone listen to it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the X-Experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.